Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Friday the 11th of February. Thank God it's Friday. And as usual with all the information contained in this briefing, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here, read our disclaimer in full or head on over to the website marcustoday.com.au and read the disclaimer there. You can also sign up for a free two-week trial as well there if you're not yet a member and you're listening on a podcast. Right, well, another rocky ride in the US markets and of course all eyes last night were on the US CPI and uh, unfortunately all those thoughts that it may come in a little bit below estimates were absolutely wider the mark. 7.5% for US inflation. It is the highest since 1982. Can you remember what you were doing in 1982? Long time ago. As a result of all this, and it didn't really help that Federal Chief uh, Fred Bullard also uh, put the knife into the market as well with his call for 1% rise in rates in the next three meetings. That was enough to really put the cat amongst the pigeons and the selling did seem to accelerate as the day wore on. Dow Jones closing down 526 points, 35,242, down 1.47%. The Nasdaq uh, cratering down 2.1%, 305 points, 14,186. And the S&P 500, as is its wont, down 1.8%, 83 points to 4504 there. And we did see that big spike as well, as you would imagine, in the VIX index up four points, 24 up 19.79%. As a result of all this pessimism and concerns, once again about the March meeting with a half a percent rate rise now looking almost uh, penciled in in ink and almost a certainty, we saw the SPY futures down 55 points or 0.77%, 7128% on SPY futures. So the rally in the last few days does look as if it may well have been snuffed out, but we shall see how things go. On the commodity front, last night we had Brent crude uh, down 14 cents, 9141.15% down, WTI up 22 cents, 89.88 up quarter of a percent and gold price sneaking smidge higher let's not even get excited about that 80 cents for the gold price 1837.40 of uh, almost unchanged iron ore though doing very well up 4.77% up 7 bucks to $153.75 Aussie dollar coming under a little bit of pressure as you can expect uh, if the US is going to be raising rates at a faster clip and we do get a half a percent rise in March, then the American dollar is one of the places that the money will flow to. Certainly from a safety aspect as well, it is one of the places where money was flowing last night. And as a result, the Aussie dollar under a little bit of pressure, 71.57. In other commodities overnight, we had copper up 1.7%, nickel up 1%, aluminium down 0.4%, zinc up 1.1%, lead up 0.9%, and tonne doing well last night, up 2.4%. And as a result of this in the mining stocks overseas, Freeport McMoran was up 0.8, Alcoa down 1, Tech up 
0.9, Anglo up 2.3, Glencore up a quarter of a percent, Vale up 1.9, Albemarle pretty much unchanged. BHP and Rio both better in the US in ADR terms, that's American Depository Receipts. Uh, 1.5% higher in the US for BHP and 0.8% higher for Rio. Here you can see the S&P 500 and you can see that uh, after the, the number came out it was, uh, it was a bit of a shoddy performance and Bullard didn't really help matters with his comments about 1% in the next three, right, three meetings rather. In the U.S., some of the stocks on the nose. Apple was down 2.4%. Meta down 1.7%. Google down 2.1%. Microsoft down 2.8%. Amazon 1.4%. U.S. banks also eased. J.P. Morgan down 0.4%. Citigroup down a half. Goldman's down 1%. Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Berkshire off a little bit. Block down 3.46%. Major stories last night. Well, obviously, it was all about that inflation number, 7.5%. 1982, the year that Dexy's Midnight Runners wanted Eileen to come on. So that takes you back a few years. US inflation charging higher, larger than forecast gain, and traders are now pricing in 50 basis points Fed hike after that inflation surge in March. And the Fed's Maester and Bosick sees signs inflation may slacken later this year. Good luck with that. They've been absolutely bang on wrong so far. Um, So much for transitory. Uh, More ECB officials unsure about inflation forecast after hawkish pivot. And Goldman Sachs has raised its two-year Treasury yield forecast for the second time this year. What has become apparent is the worry, and this is the big concern in the US, that the economy still is fragile. Really? This is the concern? The economy is still fragile? And any front-loading and any aggressive move by the Federal Reserve to raise rates too quickly will snuff out this recovery and push the US into a recession. I think the market's uh, getting a little bit uh, carried away with that narrative, but that is the fear at the moment. As a result of this, the front end of the curve in the US has gone through the roof, while the rear end, those 10- and 30-year bonds, have not been seeing the same rises. So what that indicates is that traders are worried about a recession and they're also pricing in big hikes in short-dated interest rates. And this is not a good sign for the market. New bank lending in China more than tripled in January from previous month, hitting record highs. And the US vows to make China accountable for phase one trade deal shortfall. You would think that putting tariffs from Chinese products on the U.S. consumer has raised inflation. Just thinking, maybe that's got something to do with 7.5% rise. Remember, Donald Trump put a lot of tariffs on it, and all that happened was that the price rises were passed on to the customers. I wonder why we've got 7.5% inflation in the U.S. Maybe if they started taking away the tariffs. That would get inflation under control, but let's not go down that route. U.S. vows uh, White House approves plans for U.S. troops in Poland to help Americans flee Ukraine if Russia attacks. Why any Americans would be in Ukraine is beyond me. But there we go. Crude stockpiles fall to lowest since 2018 as demand surges to record high. And Biden has been discussing oil price stability in the call with the Saudi King Salman. That is really desperate stuff. 
What to expect today? We've got Dr. Philip Lowe at the House of Reps Committee on Economics. Always good fun and good to watch. Uh, BHP at the time I did this was up 2.5% in Rio, up 2% in the US, back to 1.5% and 0.8% for Rio. 10-year yields, US 2.03, Australia 2.10. See how that gap has really, really closed up. The US 10-year yields haven't been rising anywhere near as quickly as maybe Australia has seen the rise, or maybe nearly as quickly as we've seen short-dated yields in the US. Germany, positive, positive, 0.28%. This is the first time that US 10-year yields have risen above 2% since August 2019. And of course, it is all about results again today. Super Thursday, we've got through the first Super Thursday. Uh, Baby bunting has lifted the dividend with profits up 12.2%. Kathmandu says Christmas sales did well. Same store sales grew 15.1%, but the lockdown in December and January has hurt. And the National Australia Bank CEO warns that rate rises could shock the market. IAG results out as well, dividend of six cents. And Pemba Capital could be looking at a sell down in HR software company ReadyTech. Uh, Pemba did send a letter to ReadyTech and it was put out in the market this morning that it has no intention of selling its stake in ReadyTech, which probably means they will sell their stake, but just wait for the right price. But the game is afoot. Uh, BNPL, buy now, pay later stock, a firm, which is a US behemoth in the buy now, pay pay later space. Stock fell 21%. The computer's having a lot of fun there after the results were released early by mistake. The results were tweeted by mistake, a human error. Stock fell 21% on the back of that. As far as what to expect today, obviously with the SPY futures down 55 points, it's going to be a very soggy day. We're also going to see, obviously, some profit taking. It's a Friday. There's going to be a bit of book squaring in front of the weekend from traders as uh, we head into uncertain times again, choppy waters, and we could see some of the volatility return that we have seen. Uh, All eyes will be on individual companies, of course, and those results, and the research that is coming out of the houses on those results. So we might be relatively unscathed in places. We have seen a big bounce in tech, which could unwind today a little bit, uh, and we've also seen a good rise in lithium stocks, and that iron ore price is going to keep BHP and Rio bubbling away, as with Fortescue, but we might see a little bit of selling come through in the banking sector after a stellar week. Let's face it, they've had some pretty good results from NAB and CBA as that market bifurcates with BH, uh, with NAB and NAB uh, being uh, CBA sort of bifurcating into the goodies and ANZ and Westpac in the baddie side of the equation. So it'll be interesting to see how the index goes today, but it will be about results. It will be about individual stocks. It will be about iron ore. But obviously with that big wash of US negativity and higher rates. Interesting to see what Philip Lowe says at the uh, Economic Committee this morning as well. Question of the day today, do you think the Fed should go hard early? There is uh, obviously some people that think it will go hard, 50 basis points in March. Uh, Will this send a signal to the market? Will it be enough to sort of trigger a bit of a rethink for, uh, for some of the people in terms of uh, their spending habits if they went hard with a half percent rise in March. But do you think the Fed should go hard early? Or would this be an admission by the Fed that they are behind the curve and have underestimated the inflationary pressures in the system 
and are really struggling to play catch-up football. That's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. You can head on over to the marcustoday.com.au website and you can read the disclaimer or sign up for a free trial. There's also, of course, three other podcast streams that you can sign up for. The Marcus Strategy Podcast, which now includes the morning meeting uh, that we have every day. There's the On The Desk Podcast with the boys. They released another one yesterday. And the On The Couch Podcast. Don't forget, this evening, we've got Ask The Analyst kicking off at 5.30. Your chance to ask me anything you like. Runs for about an hour, and uh, I'll run through a few things. No specific stocks on the slate at all. Uh, no pre-prepared slides. So it's just really your chance, your time to ask me questions. And remember, save the date, March the 16th, 6.30pm, an exclusive event for Marcus Today members, where you can actually get the chance to uh, meet some of the team, meet me at uh, a venue in Sydney. This is a Sydney event, um, and it will be a bit of fun, nothing formal, no panels, no presentations, just a chance to catch up with other members, talk about the market, talk to me, I might even bring along a few surprise guests from the market and uh, get them to, uh, to mingle and chat to you guys as well. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great day and have a great weekend. <laughs>